This business meeting of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee will come to order. Today, we will consider the nominations of Ambassador Wendy Sherman to be the Deputy Secretary of State and the nomination of Brian McKeon to be Deputy Secretary of State for Management and Resources. Let me thank Senator Rich for working with me to put the hearing of these nominees together last week in the business meeting. As we all know, at the start of every administration, it's vital to stand up the foreign policy leadership team as soon as possible and I appreciate the, the cooperation. I'm going to be very brief as we have a classified briefing with the Secretary uh, at 10 a.m. Uh, the nominees before us today are both experienced and capable individuals. The President and the Secretary need them in place at Foggy Bottom and they'll confront many challenges as confirmed. Um, so uh, I think that Ambassador Sherman and Mr. McKeon will be key to restoring and rebuilding the Department, boasting the morale of career and personnel, improving the Department's record on diversity. Both nominees indicated their commitment to a cooperative, constructive, and consultative relationship with this Committee and Congress, and I will hold them to that. Uh, they have answered uh, — I've reviewed the QFRs. It's been rather voluminous, and they have answered all of them uh, within time. With that, I'd like to recognize our distinguished ranking member for his comments. Senator Rich. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'll be brief. Uh, we, we do have these two nominations uh, in front of us, and uh, I'll first talk about uh, Ambassador uh, Sherman. And uh, she and I uh, do agree on some matters, but not all. And of course, that's that nothing unusual about that. And certainly, I wouldn't uh, vote against her on that basis. I agree with you, of course, that the, uh, that the administration needs the team in place. And on that basis, that, that's the reason we've been able to cooperate and get to where we are. Privately, to me and publicly, Ambassador Sherman is committed that she'll regularly consult with this committee early and often on any negotiations with Iran, uh, whatever form those negotiations may take. She's also recognized that uh, 2021 is not uh, 2015, and the region has changed, and that she will support, uh, continue to support the Abraham Accords. Outside of the Middle East, Ambassador Sherman is committed to working with this committee to combat China's malign influence, including by increasing transatlantic cooperation. She will also support nuclear policy and posture that reinforces U.S. extended deterrence commitments to our allies in the Indo-Pacific. And finally, Ambassador Sherman agreed to collaborate with Congress on how to improve global uh, pr uh, pandemic preparedness and response. I truly appreciate and, uh, and when she's uh, confirmed, I uh, intend to urge her over time to honor those commitments. However, having uh, made those commitments, um, they, they aren't enough to satisfy my larger concerns about whether she is the right person uh, uh, for this role at this time to be Deputy, uh, Deputy Pre uh, Secretary of State. My interactions with Ambassador Sherman over the several years I've seen um, really a lack of appreciation for the role of Congress in for foreign policy making. I go back to the time when she was the chief negotiator on the Iran deal. Uh, I remember having her in front of the committee. And uh, we, we had real difficulties with that. Uh, uh, Congress has an important role to play uh, in that. I remember asking her about the provisions in the uh, uh, agreement we could not see. They were secret. Uh, we, we were not uh, privy to any of those. Uh, I have the, the same uh, uh, security clearance she does, being number two on the Intelligence Committee. She just flat refused to uh, tell us what was in it. Uh, I remember listening to her. I asked her on cross-examination whether she had see, she herself had seen those uh, uh, provisions in the agreement. She said she had not. And I said, how can you agree to something 
that, that you, has provisions that you haven't even seen. And she's, she had real difficulty with that, but I cross-examined her further and asked her if she was in the room with those documents. And she said, well, yes, she had. I said, well, tell me about that. And she said, well, I was there. And I said, well, did you, did you have the documents in your hand? And she said, yes, I did. I said, did you read those, those agreements? She said, no, she didn't. She just kind of, she was sitting in the row and they passed it through and, and it went down. I had real, real trouble with the credibility on that. And uh, I, I have trouble getting past that at this point. Uh, I had hoped through this confirmation process that uh, she would overcome the impression uh, uh, that I had uh, had in the previous uh, uh, dealings with her on the Iran deal. Um, I, unfortunately, uh, as I pressed her on this Iran thing that we're headed to right now, uh, I think we're going to see the same movie that we've seen before, and I have real reservations about that. At the end of the day, I just don't think she's the, uh, the best or the right person for this, and I'm going to vote against her for that uh, reason. Having said that, I understand that she will be uh, confirmed in all likelihood and look forward to uh, uh, trying to get a different direction in the future. Asked for Mr. McEwen's nomination to be Deputy Secretary of State for Management and Resources. I plan to support his nomination and look forward to working with Mr. McEwen as he tackles the many management issues currently facing the department. In particular, I hope he will focus on the need to enhance global health security and diplomacy, as well as the need to ensure that our diplomats are capable, resourced, and ready for any complex operating environment. I also hope he will take a strong role in helping the department make decisions and improve the budget process so uh, his committee can better understand how the department allocates resources. With that, I yield back. Thank you, Senator. Thank you, Senator. Senator Cardin. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I, I'm going to want to respond to Senator Risch's uh, two points in regards to Wendy Sherman, and I very much appreciate his observations about Ambassador Sherman's uh, extraordinary background, her expertise in this area, her record of public service. Um, she, we come to a different conclusion. I think she is the right person at this time. First, in regards to working with Congress. Let me take you back to the beginning of the discussions of the nuclear agreement uh, with Iran. And there was a sharp difference between the uh, Republicans in Congress and the Obama administration as to how that agreement would be handled with Congress. Senator Corker, who was the chairman of the committee at the time I was the ranking Democrat, we worked with the Obama administration to develop a process that required them to come to Congress to make certain certifications, to give us the information we needed. And Ambassador Sherman was part of that process that allowed us to develop a process. It wasn't perfect, but it ended up getting unanimous support, uh, 98 to 1 support in the United States Senate. And then it was implemented in a way that we had regular briefings of, of classified information given to Democrats and Republicans so that we could make our own independent judgments. We had full access, and Ambassador Sherman was part of that process. And I think Senator Corker would agree that each member of this committee, each member of the Senate, got the information we needed to make our own independent judgments. At the end of the day, I disagreed with the Obama administration, but I certainly had the information I needed, and Ambassador Sherman was part of that process that made sure that we had the information we needed to make that decision. It was unprecedented the amount of information made available to us. Now, in regards to the uh, documents that the IAEA had that Ambassador Sherman had the chance to look at or didn't look at during the process, remember, our participation in the IAEA requires 
us to keep that information confidential. We're not permitted to share that information, those of us who are involved in the IAEA process. She had no choice but to honor her commitment to the IAEA. So I just urge my colleagues to recognize we have a unique opportunity in Ambassador Sherman to get someone who really appreciates and understands the relationship between the executive and legislative branch. She's a product of the United States Senate, having served as Chief of Staff, Senator Mikulski. So I just urge my colleagues, this is a person to me who's eminently qualified for this position, and I urge my colleagues to support her nomination. Does anyone else seek recognition? Uh, Senator Johnson. Chairman, I'm not sure what uh, Senator Cardin's talking about, 98 to 1 vote. Uh, maybe I was the only one that voted no. No, you were not. Uh, my, my point being is what we've, I think what we've, what we found out is that what the JCPOA should have been is a treaty, which is what my amendment was. It was defeated. But uh, we're seeing the, the folly of doing these agreements, these executive agreements, without full information, without full disclosure, and without the uh, ratification of the Senate. And so we're, now we're ping-ponging back and forth. But uh, uh, I just need to make that comment. Mr. Chairman. Yes. Uh, can I respond to Senator? Yes, uh, Senator. Um, first of all, I, I appreciate Senator Par uh, Cardin's passion on this. And uh, I, I would hope that uh, as we uh, go forward, we start with what Ms. Sherman said in uh, publicly and privately to us, and that is this isn't 2015, and we're in a different position today. So I hope we can set aside uh, feelings we have uh, about personalities and, and move forward. I, I have to tell you, I have the feeling I've got, and I, and I hope I'm dead wrong on this, is we're just we're, we're rewinding the movie and going to show the movie again. And, and that's not going to work. Uh, we, we, we know that won't work. And uh, I, I truly want to work with my Democrat friends, with the administration, and try to come to some place uh, on an Iran agreement that we can all get behind. Because, uh, and, and, I, and I think every one of us have, have strong feelings about this. And uh, as we go forward, I'm hoping we can meld this together to get to a better place than we got last time. And uh, I, I appreciate the remarks. Thank, thank you. you. Senator Shaheen. Well, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I, I, I would just like to echo the remarks from both you and Senator Cardin about Wendy Sherman's um, expertise, her knowledge uh, and understanding of how both the executive branch and the Congress works. And... I would point out to Senator Risch, and I know he wants to work together because we've done that in the past, but President Biden is not President Obama. We saw that, I think, two weeks ago in, in the strike he made against Iranian militias in Syria, that he is, uh, understands the critical threat that Iran presents, and certainly Wendy Sherman understands that because she's had that experience. But... The Deputy Secretary of State isn't just about Iran. It's about a whole range of other issues that are related to foreign policy and to what we need to do at state. And I can't think of anyone better who has more understanding about that. And so I would hope that we are not going to um, blame Wendy Sherman for our disagreements with the o Obama administration in the past for her ability to work in this new administration to address the foreign policy challenges that we face. So I hope everyone will evaluate her based on her service and her experience. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Does anyone else seek recognition? 
Senator Coons. Just briefly, um, I'll join my colleagues in saying that Wendy Sherman is someone who worked with and for the Senate and senators and understands us as a body. I am optimistic, and I think this is why we should proceed to the classified briefing that awaits, um, that we can dive into revisiting the challenges we face in the world in terms of our security. Um, with the commitments we've gotten from Mr. McEwen, Ms. Sherman, uh, in their confirmation hearing before this committee, uh, I'm really optimistic that we can have a more engaged, more transparent relationship than we had with the last administration or on this issue with the Obama administration, and I look forward to supporting their nominations. Anyone else seek recognition? Senator Romney. Mr. Chairman, thank you. Uh, I must admit I find it difficult in these confirmation uh, votes uh, in that we have a Democrat president nominating Democrats to uh, positions of leadership, and I want to vote against all of them because I disagree with them. I want, them, I want to vote for Republicans. Uh, nevertheless, the standard that I've applied in the past and continue to apply is, is the individual qualified for the position? And number two, do they fall within the mainstream of the Democratic Party? Not the mainstream of the Republican Party, but the mainstream of the Democratic Party. I disagree vehemently with the posture of the prior administration, the Obama administration, with regards to the JCPOA. I think it was a mistake. I do not think it keeps uh, Iran from having a nuclear weapon eventually. Uh, nevertheless, uh, her, her posture appears to me to be within the mainstream of the Democratic Party and, of the, and, and consistent with the posture of the current president. And for that reason, I intend to uh, support her in, in her confirmation, despite the fact that I disagree with her. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Senator Rumm. Senator Cruz. Mr. Chairman, I intend to vote against Wendy Sherman. Uh, and when you look at her record in foreign policy, I think she has managed to be on the wrong side of a whole lot of issues, and especially the most important issues. Uh, she played a leading role in the negotiations with North Korea where the objective was to lift sanctions in exchange for promises not to develop nuclear weapons. We now know in hindsight that endeavor was a colossal failure, that the result instead was the billions of dollars of sanction reliefs that flowed into North Korea were used to develop what is now an arsenal of nuclear weapons aimed and directed at the United States. Then in the Obama administration, Ms. Sherman had a second act, and she was made the lead negotiator for the Iran deal, where, for whatever reason, we repeated exactly the same mistakes as North Korea. We followed the same strategy that had failed in North Korea. We negotiated a deal very much like the deal that didn't work in North Korea. The result of the JCPOA, I believe, would inevitably have led to a nuclear Iran. It would have led to an Ayatollah who regularly chants death to America with a nuclear arsenal aimed at America. A nuclear Iran, I believe, is qualitatively more dangerous than North Korea. North Korea may be the most dangerous place on the planet right now because the Ayatollah is motivated by religious fanaticism and a seething hatred for America and for Israel. The Ayatollah calls Israel the little Satan and America the great Satan. Under the terms of the JCPOA, at its expiration in 15 years, it was perfectly fine for the Ayatollah to have nuclear <coughs> weapons, even while he chants death to America. 
the most important foreign policy decision made in the Trump administration, I believe, was the decision to pull out of that catastrophic deal, that deal that flooded hundreds of billions of dollars into the Ayatollahs, only to be used to fund terrorism around the world and malign efforts directed at the United States and directed at our allies. I agree with Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu when he describes a nuclear Iran as an existential threat to Israel. And existential in that context doesn't mean a Frenchman with a black beret chain-smoking. It means literally going to the very existence of the state of Israel. All of us are aware of the catastrophic horror of the Holocaust. A nuclear Iran is the one serious threat on this planet that could once again result in the murder of six million Jews. And if never again is to mean anything, it should mean never again. I'm opposing Wendy Sherman, and I would urge colleagues on both sides of the aisle to oppose Wendy Sherman, because she is nominated to this position precisely because she was the leading champion, the face of, the negotiator of the disastrous Iran deal. And it is this administration's stated intention to try to go back to that failed deal. And so I believe anyone casting a vote for Wendy Sherman is simultaneously casting a vote for the policies for which she is being nominated, the policies that are profoundly dangerous to America, to Israel, to our allies. So I'm going to be voting no. I will be voting yes on Mr. McKeon, although with both of them, I'm placing holds on their going to the floor until the administration does more on Nord Stream 2. And this is another topic this committee has talked about at great length. This committee's leadership and the bipartisan sanctions bill that Senator Shaheen and I have passed twice now, two different versions with the support of the members of this committee, our sanctions legislation worked. The pipeline that was 90% complete stopped, and it stopped the instant, the hour our sanctions legislation was signed into law, pipeline construction halted. It halted for a year. It was an incredible success for America, for this committee, and it was an incredible loss for Putin. It cost Putin billions of dollars. And in the last couple of months, as everyone knows, Putin has begun building the pipeline again, and he's done so because of the mixed signals from the Biden administration on whether they will follow the law that has been passed overwhelmingly with massive bipartisan support from Congress twice. Now, I have urged every single Biden State Department nominee, get the report to Congress that you are statutorily mandated to send. The report they just sent omits numerous ships. It omits the company that is building Nord Stream 2 from mandatory sanctions for building Nord Stream 2. It is utterly indefensible. They are not able to defend omitting it. And they should send an interim report to shut the pipeline down. Putin is rushing to get the pipeline completed in the next couple of months. And I've urged every Biden administration, State Department nominee, we have had a great foreign policy victory for this country. And if the mixed messages and weak messages to Putin continue, that victory will be turned into a law. So it is my hope 
and this is something I would ask of, of the Democratic colleagues, we agree on Nord Stream 2. We've worked together on Nord Stream 2, and we've won a major victory. I recognize this administration is much more likely to listen to Democratic members of this committee than Republican members of this committee. That's the way this town works. I think the Biden administration is making a major and unnecessary mistake. They're making it because they want to play nice with Germany, and that's great. Play nice with Germany on 50 other things. But there's no reason to give a massive windfall to Putin and make Europe dependent on Putin's energy. And so I want to encourage my colleagues to use every avenue you have to urge the Biden administration to stop playing around, to follow the law, and to stop this pipeline. We've seen that it works. And the only thing that changed, the reason Putin began building the pipeline again. I the gentleman, with, with, with all due respect, uh, I have given you seven minutes. I think you've made your point on Nord Stream very clearly. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Senator Young. Thank you, Chairman. I look forward to working with Wendy Sherman. Uh, I do not intend to support her nomination. And it is with some uh, strong reservations that I've come to this conclusion. I want to explain to my colleagues uh, and uh, others uh, why this is the case. So um, I believe in the end she'll pass. That doesn't factor strongly into my decision. Um, I had a nice meeting with Ms. Sherman. She comes highly rec recommended by Republicans and Democrats alike, uh, people I respect. I received phone calls from these people. So I commend the administration for their uh, whole of uh, academia and policy expert effort uh, to, <laughs> to uh, seek uh, those who, who would validate her, her expertise. Um, she's an intellectual force. Uh, she has the requisite professional credentials. So why am I not supporting her? Well, I have to admit, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm somewhat troubled by her many media appearances uh, on MSNBC, uh, uh, written articles and, and others, and I've communicated this with her. Uh, this doesn't come as a surprise to her. I think it's a bad precedent to set. Um, uh, for our for foreign policy pro uh, professionals uh, to cross certain lines rhetorically. Uh, and um, I think uh, Republicans and Democrats alike have done in recent years. But more importantly, it's, it's more of an institutional issue. I do indeed think that a president uh, should have the prerogative to nominate and, and have confirmed his or her nominees uh, if, if they fall within the mainstream of their party and, and um, uh, so forth. But this is not what has happened in recent years. In fact, um, there are a number of individuals, members of this committee, uh, members outside of this committee, who consistently voted no, 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 no. And I realize many were one, running for president. Many were not. Many were not. So this body needs a reset. And the way I think we arrive at a reset is, is not for people like myself, who have a reputation of working well across the aisle and want to work in a very constructive fashion with this president. Um, it's not to immediately say, well, now that you're in power, we're going to immediately uh, reset institutional norms. I have a higher bar. And I want to communicate that broadly and publicly to all of you, that that higher bar must be met. And I'll lower the bar progressively over uh, a number of years uh, if I see behavior improving. 
So um, maybe we'll think of this next time there's a Republican president and it will be reciprocated and we can find ourselves in a better position over a number of years uh, where uh, we, we give uh, greater discretion to a president to have uh, their high-level nominees confirmed uh, by members of the other party. So um, that's where I'm at. Uh, some might, uh, to the extent uh, you, you find uh, infirmities in that analysis, uh, I would welcome those, uh, identifying those, but uh, I think it's a pretty sound approach. I think another approach, just to go ahead and support all these nominees who are well-credentialed, would be naive at this point in our history. Thanks. Thank you. Is there any other member? Senator Markey, I would just remind members, I'm not going to curtail anybody's comments, but we have the Secretary at 10 at my request so that he could speak to members, you know, for a fair amount of time about all these issues that are being raised in a setting in which he would be free to speak without anybody saying, oh, I'd like to do that in a classified setting. We're going to be in a classified setting, so you're going to get the maximum opportunity. But uh, I respect everybody's right to have their comments. Senator Markey. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, and I just want to speak briefly to the role which Wendy Sherman played in the negotiation of two very important nuclear nonproliferation agreements. Uh, the first uh, was North Korea. We go back to that time. It was 1994. Secretary of Defense William Perry had sent two uh, uh, options to President Clinton uh, in terms of what the war strategy should be against North uh, Korea. Uh, one of them would have resulted in casualties that uh, matched uh, World War One and World War Two. In William, in, in I'm sorry, in William in William Perry's uh, in William Perry's uh, 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 autobiography, he made it quite clear that this was a very, very uh, stressful time for our country. Uh, Secretary Albright designated uh, Wendy Sherman uh, to be the uh, emissary to North Korea to try to resolve this issue. Um, the agreement, the agreed framework, which was ultimately completed, uh, put um, the uh, plutonium program of uh, North Korea under uh, full scope safeguards, it lasted from 1994 to 2002. Uh, President Bush named John Bolton. Uh, as his uh, negotiator on that issue. He took a different path, but uh, for those eight years, we did not, in fact, have the kind of tension pressure that could have led to war. The same thing was true in 2013 uh, on the issue of uh, Iran's nuclear program. Uh, similarly, uh, Wendy Sherman was designated uh, to uh, negotiate on an agreement to reduce uh, that tension between our countries, we were again on the verge of a military confrontation uh, with uh, Iran. Uh, Iran was about two months away at that point uh, from having enough enriched uranium for a nuclear weapon, two months away. Uh, Wendy Sherman played the key role in negotiating that agreement uh, so that we would avoid that military confrontation. And that agreement continued again until John Bolton uh, convinced President Trump that he would use uh, a, a strategy of maximum pressure as an alternative. But in both instances, for President Clinton and for uh, President Obama, Wendy Sherman um, completed an assignment that she was given to reduce uh, the tensions between two of our uh, military rivals uh, and to avoid war. And she did the job. 
Now, there can be a disagreement here with regard to whether or not John Bolton had a better approach uh, in, two, in 2002 or in 2018. But I don't think in any way we should undermine uh, the overall record of Wendy Sherman and what she did. We should be thanking her for what she did in service to two presidents and to our country. And I don't think there's anything on the record which disqualifies her from this job. And I think, in fact, uh, for President Biden to name someone like this with the background she has, with the experience she has, with the success that she's had, uh, is actually a good sign for our country. And she does deserve an affirmative vote from this committee today. Senator Merkley. Uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, quite a few points have been made on both sides of this conversation. I would propose that we hold a vote and allow people to make additional comments because of conflicts that a number of us have. If there is no one else, I'll, I'll just close by saying um, I, I reject the proposition that a vote for Wendy Sherman is a vote for the Iran deal as someone who vigorously opposed it uh, and went through a lot as a result of it. I can tell you that I do not consider a vote for Wendy Sherman as a vote for the Iran deal. As Senator Shahina said, this nomination is far beyond the question of Iran itself. Uh, there is actually uh, individuals who have been named specifically for the purposes of engaging Iran, and it is not Wendy Sherman. Uh, secondly, uh, I strongly uh, oppose Nord Stream, uh, and I have supported the senator from Texas's efforts in this regard. But I must say, I think it's uh, uh, not fair to say uh, that you want to lay it at the feet of the Biden administration when for four years the Trump administration could have imposed a series of sanctions and acted in a way that would have nipped it in the bud uh, and did nothing. And then lastly, uh, I appreciate Senator Young's comments, and I understand it. Um, I would just simply say uh, that when we talk about uh, raising the bar on behavior, uh, we had a plethora of nominees during the previous administration that far exceeded in their commentary and were approved by this committee of the comments that supposedly are attributed to Wendy Sherman. Uh, and I just hope that we can raise the bar on the behavior on both sides so that we can get once again to what the tradition of this committee has been. With that, uh, I believe it's fair to say everybody's had their say. I'll entertain a motion that the nomination of Ambassador Wendy Sherman to be Deputy Secretary of State be reported favorably. Is there a motion? Moved by Senator Cardin, seconded by Senator Shaheen. The clerk will call the roll. Aye. Mr. Shaheen? Aye. Aye. Aye.
The ayes have it, and the nomination is agreed to and will be reported to the Senate. And next, we take up a motion on the nomination of Mr. McKeon to be Deputy Secretary of State for Management and Resources. Uh, is there a motion to adopt? So moved by Senator Cardin, seconded by Senator Risch. Is there a voice vote that will be entertained? If so, all those in favor say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. The ayes have it, and the report and the nomination will be reported favorably to the Senate. With the thanks of the Chair, uh, we appreciate it, and this business meeting is adjourned. We now have the Secretary uh, in the uh, Intelligence Room.